0: This is a Skib Pod production. For more information, email robertherden at gmail.com.
1: Hi, I'm Brendan McCormick. This is the 571 Podcast. I have Dolph DeHunt from the Bantry Bay protect our native kelp forest campaign in front of me. Welcome, Dolph. How Thank are you, you? Brendan.
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
1: To somebody who knows nothing about the kelp campaign, where did this start?
0: Um, well, it started back in 2009 when um, an application was made, um, and it was it, it was found by nobody. And it was only when an EQI program was aired in February 2017 that people became aware of what was actually going on. The application in 2009 um, said that they wanted to harvest. Uh, they wanted to occupy an area foreshore for the purpose of harvesting specific types of seaweed which would be a kind of an application you would you'd think would be for ha- hand harvesting seaweed and it made no mention of mechanical harvesting, it made no mention of the 2,000 acres of, of the area they're hoping to take on so there was no indication as to the size and the nature of this application. So this is 2,000 acres? Well, technically, it's one thousand eight hundred and sixty acres, but because I think section is at nine point one or nine point two of the license, it states that they can go adjacent or outside the area if they do if they need to do so for tonnage. So it's really kind of a blank check. It's one thousand eight hundred and sixty acres officially, but they can go outside that. So I just rounded up to two thousand acres because basically that's round about the the yeah. area. Yeah. And was this a planning application? It was an application that was sent to the Department of Agriculture at the time, Brendan Smith. Um and it, it it was put in just before Christmas on the December of two thousand and nine. So it would have gone in at the time of Christmas, nobody would have seen it. Um and then it, it went through different departments, it then went to Department of Environment and then bounced along. It is now with the Department of Housing.
1: So from the Department of Agriculture mm. to the Department of the Environment and then to the Department of, of Housing. Housing. And it didn't get to the Department of the Marine or... No,
0: no, well the Department of Marine would have been part of the Department of Agriculture early on but because it was part of, it was seen as environmental thing and then it got bounced along to the Department of Housing. The reason why Housing is involved in it now is because Housing is, has responsibility, the Department of Housing has responsibility for the foreshow for um, things like jetties and moorings and piers and things that are anchored into the seabed and they think that seaweed is anchored into the seabed so therefore... Um, seaweed comes under the control of the Department of Housing. So, therefore, if you're collecting hand-harvesting seaweed or, in this case, mechanical extraction of seaweed, um, it goes through the Department of Housing.
1: So, this seems this seems a bit confused. It, as in, it, there doesn't seem to be any kind of set department that has specific responsibility for no, the development it's, it's, offshore.
0: It's the problem is that there are nine departments that have... Um, there's nine different departments that are involved with maritime um, functions. So like you have Department of Marine is involved with aquaculture, but the Department of Housing is involved with mechanical extraction of kelp. Um, and then it get, gets really interesting when you have the Department of Housing having to monitor fish species, you know, they're really out of their depth, you know. That sounds a bit upon, bizarre. It, it, is, it is quite that strange. That sounds
1: yeah. a bit bizarre and there's probably something about Ireland's management over ocean things we might come to later on. So the application then goes
0: in and the licence was granted. Um, it went through a few number of steps. It, in 2011 there was an initial thing, um, initial piece of the licence was granted in 2011 and in 2014 it was given um, legal effect and then in 2017 um, the Minister for Housing signed off on the monitoring programme and a part of the licence which in fact gave um, at the time, we thought that that was, that was the full licence granted. Of course, now in the meantime, we know from the High Court that um, the licence is not complete yet because the Minister, in 2011, never never uh, published his decision in Irresifigul. Irresifigul is a, uh, a state gazette. That, and he uh, should have done that in a, order a, a, to a, a, go through the yes, standard yes. legal steps. Well, because the, this licence was granted under 1933 Forshaw Act and uh, Section 21 of that states that the Minister must publish in his decision in Iracifigul. It doesn't have to be done at the time. It can be done at any time after, so it's still open. But It's still open it's at still the open. It's still open, yeah. So
1: the licence then, what does that allow BioAtlantis to do? What is what is the purpose of the licence?
0: Uh, what's been proposed is that BioAtlantis um, uses um, a new machine which has never been tested. It has never been trialled. It is completely new. It It's a... It's a cutter unit which and on top of which sits a hoover and the idea is that it, it'll pull this along through the kelp forests and suck up the kelp and the kelp so forests. like a big lawnmower
1: going it's, through the it's, sea. It's quite wide. It's
0: it's quite a wide machine, yeah. It's 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 ten feet wide and it, 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 it cuts everything and it gets everything gets sucked up then into this machine with the hoover that sits on top. This hoover is has the capacity of three hundred thousand litres an hour. Um, so it sucks up 300,000 litres an hour of kelp, of seaweed and of everything that lives within it. And so they just go
1: and cut this 2,000 acres and cut all the kelp Yeah. and suck it all suck up. Suck it all
0: up. Well, well, there's a lot of issues with the suction because it, this is... But never- they're not going to suck everything up. Well, the whole idea is that they suck up everything they cut. So, yes, they will be sucking everything up.
1: And if there's fish or if there's anything else? Well, I mean,
0: we, we know from, I'm a diver, so I would be involved in that side. And, I mean, we have plenty of footage of what lives beneath you. you have small shoals of tiny fish. You have things like scallop, which um, attach themselves to parts of the kelp um and and they hang on to it until they get to a size of about a thumbnail and then they drop off so the the kelp forests are a nursery for small fish they're a nursery for all sorts of like crustaceans it's very important for crustaceans that's where you'll find all the shrimp and all the lobsters and the crabs that's why fishermen have been fishing in those areas so there's a whole ecology a whole ecosystem lives
1: around the same way with a forest and the land there's well, it's, it's probably forest. more diverse than... More on, diverse. It's,
0: it, 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 anybody that goes snorkeling, and I would advise anybody that goes snorkeling, it is more diverse than anything we have on land. Wow. And the unfortunate thing is that nobody sees it. It is below the waves, so therefore people aren't... Ing- out of it's sight, connected. out of it, mind. It, it's, it's, they're not as connected with it. Yeah, exactly.
1: And when, they, when they've hoovered up all this kelp, that they've trashed away with the machinery, and hoovered so- it on board, what does Atlantis, what are they going to do with the kelp then?
0: Well, the idea is that they want to extract this kelp. Um, they want to take it to their factory in Tralee. In Tralee? In Tralee, yeah. They so had this a, isn't in Bantry or in No, Cork no, or no. They had, to, they had a factory in Cantorque, but this has been shut down in the meantime. And they have a factory in Tralee, which they've built up. And they want to They want to extract two chemical compounds. Um, from the kelp? From the kelp um, to enhance the gut flora of pigs. The gut flora of pigs?
1: Yes, yeah. What, and just just regular pigs or uh,
0: no, far uh, f- factory farm. I mean they're 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 aiming obviously to huge <laughs> industrial for, farming.
1: This is for factory farm pigs. Yes. So sir. you're going to hoover up all of the kelp out of Bantry Bay in order to promote good healthy guts in factory farmed pigs. Yes. The, I, why why do factory farmed pigs need healthy guts. well the
0: idea is you see that factory farm pigs use a lot of antibiotics and their idea is that if we can make their gut a bit healthier that possibly they wouldn't have to use as much antibiotics and so therefore it would it would be um i suppose it's just a selling point it's it's just we don't use because you know it's, it's just a selling point um the problem of course is that in the meantime they're destroying huge areas of bantry bay and of course, if you look from a jobs perspective, they're talking about two or possibly three part-time jobs that will be created by this operation. By this operation. Inventory. Two yeah. or three, three jobs. Part-time jobs. Yeah. For, part-time jobs. Yeah. For
1: two thousand acres of the sea, taking all of the kelp. They need someone to drive the jobs. boat, and
0: they need someone on the back of the boat just to monitor things. So and that's. You're
1: that. you're taking this incredibly biodiverse system of life underneath the water, yeah. and you're using it to make more to make pigs more amenable to be factory farmed would exactly. that be
0: exactly that's that's exactly
1: it, yeah. And that's, that's it. it, that's it, and that's and that's Bio like, well, they Bi-Atlantis don't sort of say they're Bio Pig Atlantis or a bio no, no. Well,
0: BioAtlantis Atlantis has been involved in the fertilizer industry for many years. Um, they have been producing what they call biostimulants, it's just a fertilizer, but, fertilizer, but they call it biostimulants. But they're, in, they're involved in the fertilizer industry for the last number of years and they're obviously just trying to move in a different direction of more and
1: make more, make more money.
0: The issue money. is that they have been importing their seaweed from Iceland. They've taken a certain amount from Galway and Mayo, but they, they get a lot of their seaweed from Iceland. And the problem with this is that they can't, um, these chemicals that are in the kelp, um, they only last for 10, 15 hours. So which means that if you harvest, if you, if you, I don't like that word, but harvest, yeah. suck up everything, um, then you have 10 or 15 hours to process that kelp. Um, to be able to extract those particular types of chemical compounds. And if you get it from Iceland, then you wouldn't be able to... You're under more pressure. Well, no, well, you'd never get it from Iceland to Ireland in, in, in that time frame. And are they? is this then a case of
1: they get into Bantry, harvest the kelp there... Is that the only location they're going to be
0: working on, or? Well, this is the beginning. This is a, a trial. Uh, th- this whole license and this whole way of doing it is a is an experiment. This is an experiment in Bantry Bay. Yes, and the idea is, if it works here and has been that has been noted in the doll and in other places, that if it works here, they were going to roll it up the west coast. So the idea is that this is a kind of a little this is a little trial area of two thousand acres, and then if it works here and it is it is a fantastic way of doing it, they will roll it up into the entire coast So they'll the west, go along the coast. They'll go along the And coastline. do the same. Same thing. Yeah, that's their. That's their. That's, their, that's the. That's the proposal. So this would be, in a sense,
1: to harvest a lot of the harvestable kelp. Anything, all along anything the that's there, they
0: want to, yeah, suck up. Yeah. Well, th- th- there's a lot of problems with this. I mean, from the jobs perspective, there was a lot of. There's about 50 inshore fishermen jobs that are that are going to be affected by this. Because, this is in Bantry Bay. This is in Bantry Bay alone because they, they, they. I mean, we have a lot of crab fishermen and lobsters and shrimp and and all of those crustaceans live within the kelp forest and uh Bio Atlantis would come out and say no no these these creatures live on the mud flats and the sandy bottoms they don't live in the kelp forest in fact by Atlantis has said that nothing lives in the kelp forest which is why I started diving and there's a lot of it a lot of and us you've still, seen I of course we've taken lots of footage I mean anybody that has taken footage from kelp forest sees the diversity of life in there and I mean it's it is it is an amazing amount of life to think that nothing lives there is just and, and how, how would it affect
1: the rest of nature around Boundary Bay? Like, I know there's special areas of conservation and.
0: Well, I mean, there is um, this license, uh, the license that was granted by the Department of Housing is within centimetres of Bear Island. SPA it's a special protected Cent- area centimeters it's I mean. well well you see i'm saying centimeters because if you look at the line on a map where the SPA starts and look at the line on the map where Bi-Atlantis licence licenses the lines are so thick that they're sitting on top of each other so obviously they're touching they're, touching. they're sitting on top of each other which means it's i'm just saying within centimeters because you yeah. know they're on top of each other technically they could be you know so obviously
1: they've had to do all of the screening
0: no They've had to, yes, our point is that they should have done a screening for an appropriate assessment, which is, um, that's what the Habitats... And try. did they do screening? No, they never did any screening. They never did any screening for an appropriate assessment, never did an appropriate assessment, never did Even though
1: they're right beside, because did. from the Save Our Skibberian campaign, obviously mm-hmm. the proximity to Natura sites yeah. was one of the key reasons why we won in court.
0: Yes, well, the thing is that... We have an SAC on the sheep's head side, also within centimetres of the area.
1: SAC, Special Area Special of Conservation. Area Conservation
0: yeah. And this is for, the SPA is for birds and the SAC is for things like seals and otters and things like that. We have an SAC in Clangariff, um, which is within 12 kilometres of the, of the zone. So we have three, you know, two SACs and an SPA on Bear Island. Um, and they're going to be harvesting five and a half kilometres along the shoreline of Bear Island. Right next, five and a half kilometers alongside the SPA, and no screening for an appropriate assessment. No screening at all. Nothing. At so,
1: all. so why don't the
0: EU directives apply? Well, they should apply in this matter. They should apply. I mean, if you look, if you read the EU directives, it's quite clear that it's something that could possibly have an impact must be screened for. You have to look and see whether yes. and if there is an impact whether no matter how small has to be taken into account. And, into and it. I mean one of the things that's been protected in Bear Island is chaffs and chaffs eat um, creatures that that Live in washed-up seaweed, so seaweed washes up, and little little creatures, you know, are are inside. And if it's
1: not washing up, they're not going to be eating these. Yeah, what well, affects them? Well,
0: that's well, that's part of it, but also like if yeah, that's part of it. And you have fulmers, and you have you have shags, and you have um gullimots, which are all um, birds, which are very much uh, they eat small fish that are living within the kelp forest. So this will have an in our in our view, this will have an impact on the the, the sucking up and destruction of the kelp forest. Will have a Direct effect on the boards that are being protected by that SPA. So,
1: so, no screening. So, because this is happening offshore, the planning that's, yeah, that's acts right. that would apply to a factory onshore that was near sites that require screening, you're obviously covered within those laws. So, why why in Irish law, isn't it? Well, at the moment... There is does no the Planning Act apply?
0: No. Well, I mean, at the moment... Well, the Habitats Directive should should cover the... the this, there should have been a screening carried out for the proper assessment. Um, the other thing is that, like, for instance, in Glengarath, you have an SAC which covers a certain amount of marine area, um, so, Ireland is now saying that this is part of our marine protected areas. I mean, there's 2.3% of Irish waters which are supposedly marine protected areas. These are all areas under the SPAs and SACs, which... 2.3%. percent except that the problem is that these are not marked on any admiralty charts. So, they are just hypothetical lines on a map. They're, they're not even drawn on the admiralty charts, which means that no fisherman is ever going to see them. So these things are all... Next year, there's a, hopefully a marine bill coming out, which will give legal effect to marine protected areas. So then at that point, we can start talking about there are marine protected areas. But at the moment, there's nothing. So when you you were in the High Court yep. this for, year. For two and a half months. You, yep. had,
1: you had two cases. Yep. One was, an injunction. first of all, an injunction to stop BioAtlantis doing harvesting yep. while your judicial review was yep. going on. Yeah. And you had the same judge for both for cases. Both, both cases, yeah, yeah. The injunction to stop them, that, that failed? That failed, yeah. And then the judicial review, I remember talking to you at the time and you were talking about how you would most likely have to go and appeal it to the Supreme, the Supreme Court. Court. You yeah. weren't very optimistic. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Did that, did you win judicial review because the courts recognised that no screening has gone on?
0: No, unfortunately, that didn't happen. I mean, the the um, injunction, um, the, the whole, the, we, between the injunction and the judicial review, we spent about two and a half, we started on the f- two and a half months in court. We, we started on the 14th of May and we finished on the 29th of July. Um, the injunction, um, there was a number of issues with the injunction. Um, Basically, about planning law and different things with the planning law. The fact that this, you know, there was a lot of different issues brought up. But the, the environmental laws that are quite strong and, I mean, should easily have kicked in, they weren't recognised as, I mean... The they judge, weren't recognised. The, the, judge, the judge, it was Judge Deirdre Murphy, and she thought that, um, in her opinion, that, you know, this wouldn't have any impact on birds. That this, this, um, what she said was that the... Um, this wasn't a development this was an activity um this was an activity was very much like picking flowers in a garden even though it was pointed out so her opinion
1: it wasn't based on any scientific no, reports. no 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 in, in fact in
0: fact the reason why when we talked last um the reason why he was not optimistic was because the environmental rules um or the environmental aspects weren't being looked at weren't being looked at at all that she didn't the judge uh, in her in the court's opinion there was no um environmental side wasn't really that interesting um it was only when she came to the point of that the minister never published his d- original decision in a reciprocal so it was really just a small little technical it was a technicality it was a technicality. so the
1: whole concept of that the eu directives should protect habitats yeah. on the coast that was never, in the water it was never that never at. came into it. So. No, I
0: mean we 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 fought we fought very hard on that point, and I mean the thing is that we spent a long time trying to explain because this judge said at the very beginning that she had. Her background was in criminal law. She had no understanding of environmental law, maritime law or planning law. So it, it was going to take longer than the six days originally allocated. So we already understood that, you know, that she she wasn't well versed in this sort of thing. So we spent a lot of time trying to explain our reasons why that we thought the Habitats Directive was important in this case and why that the birds and I mean. And was it, was it
1: difficult for BioAtlantis on the other side for them to explain to her points that she took on board are well, was she it, kind it, of it,
0: it, no. I, fairness to her. She did listen to both sides. It was just that, um, um, she was when she when she made her ruling on the 29th of July, and she said that you know this thing she that um, it needed to be published. She did say that um this decision would stop by Atlantis from being able to harvest, and it would it would um severely discommode them, and it would stop employment hap- coming into areas where employment was most needed so she def- she definitely i think looking that's my own personal opinion she was of the opinion that imp- this what by atlantis was proposing was going to bring employment to the area large employment to the area was actually a very good thing for the area and was positive while not really looking at any of the environmental impacts and that's that's
1: obviously in the context of the present day situation where we've had a climate and biodiversity yep. emergency declared yeah. in the Doyle, that that doesn't seem to have been taken into account
0: no it didn't it didn't but i mean i'm i'm uh, i mean the fact is that when she said that there is in effect no license it was a win for us even though that we'd been losing up until that point the fact is that at the moment by atlantis does not have a license and so therefore Bi-Atlantis will not be able to cut any any kelp for the foreseeable future at the moment um there is um uh, there is a submission being put in by, by Atlantis, which will be heard on the eighth of October and it's 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 expected that the judge will still hold her view that the minister needs to publish um in reciprocal, his decision and the state is going to appeal this to the Supreme Court. So the state is going to appeal this to the Supreme Court? Uh, yes. Why why doesn't the minister just Publish the notice. Well, I mean, if the, pu- if the minister was to publish the notice, he would open himself up to three problems. The first problem is costs, because by Atlantis and ourselves would be able to look... The minister supply up for costs. Yes, yeah, apply for costs. I mean, the minister put up his hand and say, we made a mistake here, so then we can apply for... Who's for the, the ju- minister in charge? Um, The junior minister for housing, Damien English. For housing? Yes, yeah. Right, yeah, English for housing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second problem would be that as soon as the minister publishes, we can, within a certain time frame judicial review the entire license because we were only we were too late in in bringing our we were only able to take a judicial review on the 2017 decision the monitoring program so you can and go whole, back to the so whole we can then case. take the entire for a lot of the a lot of the, the judge made it clear that some of our arguments were out of time even right. though they were relevant to the thing yeah. because they were all connected um it was out of time or she didn't like it because you know it was it was um it was out of time and so therefore if the minister was to publish the, the original decision, we could then judicially review the entire thing, including the lack of public consultation. Because the idea is, you see, that one of the byatlantuses things is, oh, it went through the public consultation period, yeah. except that our view is it was it was incorrect. It, you know, uh, occupying an area for sure for the purposes of harvesting specific types of seaweed, this is not a proper, um, like you can't say that sucking up um, you know, mechanical harvesting in an area sort of so, such size is is not a proper representation of you know just occupying an of area. Of what's fortune. going on? Yeah, no. So and the other problem is that it was then said, ah, oh, yeah, but it was out in the guard station for you know in, over the period, except that it's in a file in the it's in a brown paper so It's not. It.
1: It's not really available. It's for not, the not available. To see. What you
0: have to do is you have to take the number on the newspaper, go to the guardy, tell them, can I see this file, please? They go digging in their cabinet and then they'll haul it out, give it to you, and then you can look at it. So and is like, there any notice down with a water or anything like a planning no, application no, notice? Nothing. No, nothing, nothing. There's absolutely no way of knowing. The only way to catch it is to catch it in the newspaper. And the newspaper was so vague that there so, was no way.
1: So then if the government loses in the Supreme Court, so you, you can get your costs back.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is that at the, it goes through a number of steps. If the, if, if the government, if the state appeals to the Supreme Court, there will be two questions. Should we or should we not have published in a right. It's quite simple. So if the, if, the, if the Supreme Court states that they should have published in a then they open themselves up to these problems. The first thing is the costs. The second thing is we can re- judicial review. And the third thing, probably the most important thing, is the fact that the Minister for Marine has lawfully granted a licence to grow seaweed. Um, <laughs> in an nice. area, in an area that overlaps with the so, area. so <laughs> you've got a license to harvest kelp. And you've also got a license to, to grow. growth grow it grow on long lines. Similar to mussels, but instead of growing mussels, you're growing seaweed. And so the problem is that it all depends on who's first. Now, if Bioatlantis's license is not yet complete and the Supreme Court upholds that view... They're not first. They're not first, which means that the license for growing seaweed is first, which means that there's already a license there, which means that BioAtlantis... you can't put another one on top of it. You can't put another one on top of a pre-existing license, which means that if the Supreme Court rules that they should have published, then they're going to be in severe problem. Because, number one, they open source up the costs, they, we could judicially review the ending, and they would effectively be trying to put a licence on top of a pre-existing licence area. And, uh, and that just sounds, that sounds bizarre. Yes, that's well. The whole Absolutely thing is bizarre. the whole thing is is quite strange. If you look at it, I mean, you can look at it from many different angles. I mean, there was never an impact, an environmental impact assessment done. Never. There was never any. No, never, never anything. By Atlantis was involved with a baseline report, which was trying to see what was in the areas before they started, and this was carried out over a number of days in September. Um, and they they looked at a number of things. How many fish were in a certain area? So they drop a net and they'd catch two fish, and they'd note down that there was two fish in that area. And they'd look at the amount of birds that were within 50 meters of the boat, which was about 32 meters in length, um, for an hour to see what birds were there. And the idea with this is, this is a kind of a baseline so that in five years time, because their first monitoring is three years after they start, and their second monitoring is five years after they start. So the idea is, five years after you've finished sucking everything up, you put your net down, and if you catch more than two fish, then you're. Then everything has no impact.
1: So this this would be like saying, if I if I build a factory, I'll wait three years to see how the pollution affects yep. anything before I yes. make a judgment yes, yep. whether that factory should have been uh, built. And the
0: issue also is that the um, the the monitoring is going to be carried out by a research partner of the developer.
1: Of the developer. Yes. Paid for by the developer. Well, of
0: course, because it has to be paid by someone, and, and they are paying for... It's self-monitoring, in effect. It self-monitoring, is self-monitoring, which is really... And which, and, which no has no, monitoring. and which has no baseline. There is nothing there. To, like, I mean, if we go out there, we can see what's there. But they... Like, for instance, the age of the kelp. One of the things By Atlantis keeps coming back on is that the age of the kelp in Bantry is about 3.5 to 3.7 years or something because of Storm Darwin took everything out. Now, what they're basing that on is 30 stipe just to explain what kelp actually looks like you have the holdfast which attaches to the bedrock or to rocks yeah. then you have a stipe which is a long pipe and then you have the fronds the leaves and if you cut the leaves it can regrow if you cut the stipe it'll die now what by Atlantis is proposing to do is cut the stipe I mean the, their machine really? can't see the machine can't detect they're hoping to go 25 centimetres above seabed um Most, um, in their own study, they say that most kelp in Bantry Bay that they've studied is 50 to 70 centimetres long. The stipe is 50 to 70 centimetres long. So they're already saying that they're going to be cutting the stipe. Their idea is that the surrounding kelp forest will repopulate the area. The problem that we have is that Bantry Bay is 40 metres in depth. Kelp only grows to about a depth of 20 metres. So in fact, most of Bantry Bay is, is about 80% of Bantry Bay is deeper than where kelp can grow So kelp grows on a very small strip around the edge for instance with bear island they're cutting five and a half kilometers of it which means that kelp um will have to spore five and a half kilo- well if from the edges if you know it'll take a long time it take a couple of kilometers before it reaches the center which means it's going to be very difficult for us to see how it can repopulate quickly and, and with all of this going on
1: and you're down in bantry If this was to go ahead, there's no real benefit to Bantry.
0: Absolutely not. There's there's, absolutely this is just this is a company
1: coming in, taking a resource, taking it out. And driving it goes it did, down to Kerry, all yeah. of the economic benefit is down there.
0: Well, that's debatable, the economic benefit, because this company already has people employed for the fertiliser business and it's our understanding that they're just going to simply be moved from making a fertiliser to making a chemical compound. It's so so I don't think there's going to be much. I mean, they're they're talking about we're going to create 50 or 60 jobs, but it's very hard to see how the people that are already employed and they're going to switch you know, going from fertilizer to chemical compounds. I don't, uh, it's 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 probably just going to, the employment is going to stay more or less the same. In Bantry, there will be two or three part-time jobs created and they'll leave a, a massive amount of destruction in the background. There's absolutely have. nothing in this for Bantry. Nothing. Nothing. And so
1: in terms of Ireland's protection of our marine areas and in terms of, Everything that's going on with climate change, everything that's going on with biodiversity, everything that's going on with loss of species and extinctions and so forth. What's the Irish government doing to protect a shoreline like this? Are they doing anything to protect a shoreline like this?
0: Uh, No, I think that Damien English and the Department of Housing see this as a resource that should be exploited. And that's it? That's it. That's just it. exploit well, I, the resource. I mean, I mean, it is, it is um, their idea is, it is something that we can exploit and make lots of money out of. So yes, it is just an economic thing. I mean, the whole mantra of the government at the moment seems to be to have, you know, sustainable intensification of economic growth. Yes. That seems to be the whole way forward. I mean, if you then add to what it. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, if you add the rest of it, if it's sustainable intensification of economic growth on a finite planet with shrinking resources, it's kind of... We we're are, in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. And if we don't take it seriously that we are going to be... Sucking this up, the, the biggest problem with this is if you suck up the kelp forests, and of course we have no idea what that's going to do, but the repopulation is a very big question mark because yeah. um, kelp is a slow-growing thing. Um, there's a lot of kelp in Bantry Bay that is 15 years old. Sargassum and other fast-growing kelps, like the Saccharides polyseedes, which grows, which grows very fast They can easily colonize the areas that have been wiped out by Biotlantis by and It's possible and it is quite easily, I mean, it's quite easy to see that the areas that are now full of kelp could become part of, um, could become, you know, other types of seaweed could be, would grow in there, which wouldn't have the same um, value from the biodiversity point of view than, than, than the kilt does. In other words, you're taking out a, an oak forest, which supports a huge amount of life, and you're, you're, you know, you've got willows and gorse bushes, which are, which are nice, but don't They're have the same biodiversity diversity value.
1: And at that stage, if that has happened,
0: it's too late, it's too late. to go back. It's too late. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at a lobster, and you're a lobster in that area, and say you don't get sucked up, but your house, your home, and everything, that you you'll have to move you're not going to be able to stay in that area so yes it is going to have a, a significant impact to all these all these uh, species that that live in it i mean coming back to the age of kelp biatlantis took 30 stipe um and they identified how old were these 30 stipe and six of them were older than four years which means i mean the other thing about it is is it depends very much on I mean, I've done enough diving to know that you can see which ones are older and which ones yeah. are not as old. So if you were diving with, with a view to try and e- prove that, you know, with tortoise type, it could easily. I mean, this is a self-monitoring thing again. It's It's they themselves did the research. So they themselves then saw that, you know, most of them were younger than four years. And they, they, they said that this was because of Storm Darwin, that they washed them all away. But Atlantis has said ridiculous things. I mean, that kelp have no roots and so therefore are very vulnerable to wave action and all these kind of things. I mean, they've said some amazing things. I mean, kelp um, buffers the coastline from from coast erosion. Um, they know that there's been a lot of studies done that um, they stop the wave action by 80%. So the wave action comes in and then you have a big kelp forest and it slows down 80% so the water behind the kelp forest and and, and that whole area is, is much more calmer than the stuff outside so they have from coastal erosion they're very important from sequestering carbon they're very important. From sequestering carbon. In what way? Well they take up carbon and, and because so they
1: take carbon out of the atmosphere.
0: To take carbon out of the atmosphere. The same as same as trees and the same as same as the oceans take it out of the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an important one from that perspective, especially in this idea of climate change and wanting to do something about it instead of turning it into this quick buck you know, economic yeah. suck it up. You know, use it. As, I mean, it it is protecting coast Keep rights. it as it a is natural protector. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And this is this for an island as well. We seem we seem in Ireland to have very little regard for well, our
0: shores. At the moment, there's at the moment when we're talking about Ireland, Ireland has to create 10 marine protected area by 2020. That's next year. We have that's to next allocate. Year. With the you allocate, said
1: what earlier? We're protecting what 2.3 uh, percent. That's the official. That's, that's the official. official
0: thing well that takes into consideration that we have sacs and spa special areas of conservation and special um, protected areas that are some of this is within the marine area and this is supposedly protected but these areas aren't even on an admiralty chart so then they have no protection whatsoever we have lots of reports of um scalloping in sacs we've trawling bottom trawling yeah. mid-water trawling in, in in the eastern side of, of Ireland we have uh, razor clam dredging where they pump jets of water into the seabed fluidize, it, and then sift it out this is within a, 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 a SEC, SACs so I mean these are protect, marine protected areas which are still completely not being overfished and ex-, over exploited so I, at the moment my understanding is that there's absolutely no marine protected area in Ireland at the moment
1: no marine protected area no for an island no so again like a lot of things with Ireland we're very down the list
0: we are and, and, of, and I mean but I mean, I I don't are. think I don't think that we this shouldn't stop us from doing the right thing I mean there is a marine bill coming out next year we're hoping that at least the 2.3% of the marine areas that are within the SACs and SPAs could become marine protected areas with proper standing um, and then of course the issue is where are they going to allocate the other 8% that we have to do before next year um, and and there is a bit of toing and froing because obviously if the government would have their way, they might just put it in an area which is completely useless out there and just from, you know, at least we've done our... Just to fill in the Just lengths. to fill in the area, you know, just yeah. say, right, we've ticked that box. The problem is, of course, that there's a lot of areas within the coastal areas which are very um, diverse and would, be, would benefit significantly from being a protected area and having proper legal, you know, protection. And y- you've, you've been involved in this now for the last couple of years. Yes, well, I started, um, like we said at the very beginning, we became aware, the, the Bantry community became aware of this kelp issue in February 2017, when the ECOWI programme called Seaweed Matters was aired. Um, incidentally, by Atlantis sued them afterwards for not... Uh, for not, Really? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they and did it. they win anything? No, no. They, they <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, they did. They did take them to court. But, I mean, this Seaweed Matters programme was aired and... That was February two thousand seventeen, and the first uh, public meeting was held in May two thousand seventeen, and I became involved at that public meeting, and I, I I've been in it ever since. So about two and a half years I've been involved in this. And how, how has the campaign gone? What have you? Well, it's 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 been very it's it's um it has really strengthened the community. It has really brought the community together. Um, the fishermen that that were very often fishermen have trouble and little things but they've they've managed to really gel together and really they're behind this 120 percent. i mean it's the amount of people that are involved the amount of support we've got i mean it's i mean going to the high court costs a lot of money going to the judicial yeah, review expensive. costs hundred thousand uh, hundred thousand. injunction with an injunction plus a judicial review you're talking one hundred sixty thousand. so these are big numbers you can't take numbers and from a small community like Bantry, and I'm sure you're in Skibbereen, yeah. doing the same thing. It's it's it sucks a lot of money and time and energy out of a community, but it, it gels it together. It it it's um there's a huge support for this.
1: Huge support. And have you seen then there's a, a growth in awareness about well, it, the environment yes. and how we deal with it yes, and how so. we use it.
0: Yeah, because people like absolutely. and these are for
1: the people who are living in Bantry. Because yes, obviously Been done by people who are coming in from outside.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, I, I mean, I mean, for my own sake, I, I didn't know too much about seaweed two and a half years ago. And now I'm, you know, giving, giving tours of <laughs> either, talks either and talks. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> <giving> <laughs> you talks know a lot more, but Well, I've no, I mean, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, the thing is that it has opened up the marine. What's beneath the waves is very important and it has made people aware of that. I mean, the fact is we, we're running a lot of snorkeling events and different uh, d- different events to try and help people understand what's there um just recently last week with we dr pani ratigan come down to give a, a talk on eating seaweeds and and, and and different things she wrote the book the seaweed kitchen irish wow. seaweed kitchen um there's a lot of things that we can be doing i mean there's a huge amount of potential there to try and learn more about it and and so there's a lot of things if we if we actually turned our intelligence
1: on these resources we could do a lot more. We could do a lot more. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at ecotourism alone, just in Adrigal, you have kayak with the seals. You have a lot of wildlife there that is supported by the kelp forests. And this is, well, I know ecotourism sometimes, you know, you can, you, but I mean, in, in the way it is run in Adrigal, it's a very sustainable thing. It's something that can, you know, it, it's kelp forests <laughs> are... The base product, you know, that's where everything yeah. starts from. If you don't have the kelp forest, you don't have the small shoals of fish. If you don't have the small shoals of fish, you won't have the otters and the seals and, and all the rest of the people come and, to look and
1: at. And if, if if you don't have these environments, you then can't study them. And if you can't study them, you can't deepen the understanding yeah. of yeah. how our shores live, what lives underneath the water. Yeah. yeah. So in years to come, we may be in a bad situation now. But We're going to, yeah. In years to yeah. come as things may but, get
0: worse. Well and also also if you look at the if you begin to study it, like for instance Laminaria hyperborea, which is one of the species, kept species that by Atlantis wanted to harvest, there's eleven known species of seaweed, red seaweeds, that live on the stipe alone. So I mean it's it's there's a you know, it's a, say, and it's a complex, it's a complex, it's a complex ecosystem, and you can't just say, "Well, I'm going to harvest." When Atlantis said we're only going to harvest this particular type of seaweed, it's like going into a silage field and saying, "Look, I'm going to cut all the grass out of it, but I leave all the flowers." It's impossible. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's impossible. Now, by Atlantis will come back and say, "You know, but mechanical harvesting of of seaweeds has happened in other countries, like for instance, in Norway. In Norway, they have done mechanical harvesting of with using a dredge method, which is a kind of a comb that goes through the kelp forest." And and, and and rips up the, the fronds now this is damaging and there's lots of reports there and there's people fighting it there but there it's it's very damaging but the issue is it doesn't have the suction element so it can't really suck up the fish and the things that are in it so fish can escape um, it's it's heavily monitored there's one company in Norway that's doing it in in France they're also doing it using a scooby-doo method it's a kind of a hook that goes down spins around and rips up um, again fish can escape um, they're heavily monitored they're only allowed to go out for a week at a time very small time window frame if it's sporing they can't go out in Ireland we have a system then where men can go out by Atlantis can go out you know 24-7 for it's a 10 year license so and it's just mow through it it's just mow through it without any supervision without any looking at what impact it might have and after 3 years will be the first monitor self-monitoring
1: period and it, if you succeed in winning, yeah, and BioAtlantis go away, does that mean then that their ability to test this area would slow down developments of other areas?
0: Well, this is a. I think they'll just go well, to is, another. This no, I don't think so. I think this is a test period. If this, if we are successful, then it'll stop that type of mechanical harvesting.
1: So, so I your campaign is really. The front line it is, it of is, defending the
0: kelp all over the coast of Ireland. Well, and also um, when they tried to roll out mechanical harvesting in Scotland, um, we were involved in, and, and and things that we were saying here had an impact on things there and they managed to stop it successfully. In Scotland? In Scotland, really? Yeah. yeah, they managed to stop it in four months. Yeah, And if it is stopped and you have the kelp there,
1: can the kelp be harvested in any...
0: Yeah, good could, way or you can, th- you can you can you can harvest kelp sustainably i mean it's been done for thousands of years in ireland yes. i mean a lot of farms like this things. would have been seaweeds are are a, are a natural resource that could be used i mean harvesting kelp and if you cut the fronds the thing the the, the, the kelp can regrow and it, it it's it's quite simple to do this in a, in a sustainable way but it is something that you couldn't do with the machinery that BioAtlantis is proposing to use so you could you could you could do it in a kind of community business could, way yeah, it's not going to be something that's going to well, be Well it is being done up the coast I mean there there are places like Galway and Connemara where there are um, companies which are harvesting seaweeds and kelp in a, sustainable, in a sustainable way and have been doing so for thousands of years there's no reason why we For thousands of absolutely, years Absolutely so tradition, tradition in Ireland For, for doing the, the, it Absolutely the, the, the I mean absolute Granted granted, from since we joined the, the EU I suppose the the the, the our um our um doing things with seaweed has reduced. I mean, the amount of People harvesting seaweed has gone down, it's and gone it's down. It, it, it's it's mostly in Galway and Mayo and, and and Connemara. But it is definitely something that could be used. Uh, you know, it's it's a very it's a it's full of minerals. It's a very good resource, but it it has to be done sustainably. And it has to be done sustainably. Absolutely. but it can be done sustainably. It can
1: be done absolutely, absolutely. with benefit for absolutely and local for local communities. communities. Absolutely, and and, and benefit f- for all the areas of conservation, the special areas that absolutely. are around the area. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it could be done as well. So that in in ten years' time, you'd still have this biodiverse, absolutely underwater yeah. well, world. Well, and
0: also, also there are, like we talked about, the seaweed growing. There are a lot of people that are now growing seaweed, so there are other ways of having the. You know, if you're looking for tonnage and you couldn't get it from a coastline because it just. Uh, seaweed needs uh, hard rocks to grow on like kelp needs a hard rock yeah. to go on so you could just grow it on long lines which has been tested in a lot of places there's a lot of seaweeds in, in, in Asia that have been most seaweeds in Asia have been grown on, on long lines so there's no reason why we couldn't do that so if we if we just again if we became a little bit
1: more intelligent well, a I bit mean, more strategic if we were
0: small between, if we were looking at the whole picture and saying well look how can we do this sustainably then there's a lot of answers out there we could easily do this so, the, ne- the next steps for the Kelp campaign is not to wait for to see what the government does? Um. Well, the the next step is to see whether the. St- w- yeah, to see what, hap- what the Supreme Court if says. The, yeah. so well, that, w- well, the next step is the 8th of October. Once that goes on, then we see what the judge says there, but then it'll almost certainly go to the Supreme Court level. It'll take 12 to 18 months to get to the Supreme Court level. And but nothing the, can happen in the meantime. Nothing can happen in the meantime because he effectively has no license. So, um, you've succeeded at least. At least in for this little bit. Of course, in the meantime, we have to keep. Um, or awareness campaign going, and obviously, if you know if, if something if, goes if wrong, somebody, we, we,
1: if somebody wants to donate or if somebody wants to find out more about your
0: campaign, yeah, w- um, where did they go? They go at com dot com dot com and we have we have um, we have a lot of different we have we have um, the Facebook page as well we have a Facebook page and a Twitter account so there's lots of ways of communicating communicating and connecting with us and no we're 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 still fundraising actively fundraising because this is still going to take more time I mean it could come back down again from the Supreme Court and we could then have to appeal again and it, 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 there's still a couple of years left in this still a couple of years yeah and you're fully committed absolutely one hundred percent and would you be confident Absolutely, we are Absolutely. not. Gonna, this we are going to win. It's just going to take a long time. That's what we said in Skibbereen, and we <laughs> did.
1: thanks a million for de- sitting down with us.
0: Minute. Thank you. All of us.